everybody. Welcome to episode 34 of Holy Puck Podcast, your best source of hockey news, views, and abuse on the internet. I am, of course, John, and this is, of course, Cameron. We are presented to you by Cheap State Hockey, again, the number one source of hockey apparel on the internet. Cameron, how are you, son? I just want to ask, why do you keep saying the internet? It's like people can't do things or can't exist off the internet. I don't know, can they? Well, yeah, well, I mean, like, I personally wouldn't know because I live on the internet. But That's I'm what I mean. Assuming that, I'm assuming that other people live outside of the internet. I don't think so. Yeah, fair call. No, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good, thanks for asking. It was hot as balls today, so 35, wasn't it? Dude, balls hot is the word. And let me tell you, so you're, you're at your house, I'm in the lab. Um, now, you know that uh, the lab is not necessarily equipped with, uh, with uh, air conditioning, which means that uh, it's fucking hot up here, let me just say. I Let's just sweating. say, the lab has a great many things, and the one thing it doesn't have is solid cooling. <laughs> yeah, so let's just say my balls are extremely uncomfortable right now. I'm sweating, swimming in a ball suit. Are uh, you sitting in a nice air-conditioned environment? Let's just say, when it came to fitting my house out with an air-conditioner, I definitely spent up, and we've got a red-hot air-conditioner, and I went to the pool before I got on the phone to you. So, you know... Fuck you. That all sounds actually great, and I'm a little upset. We have we can air, we have air conditioning zoned in the house. So, in the current zone that I'm sitting in, it is the <laughs> it is the John's room of crap zone. Therefore, it did not make the cut for the air conditioning, unfortunately. Yeah, John's John's junk lab, unfortunately, isn't eligible for an extra fourteen hundred dollars in the building plan. Yeah, I mean, valid, but still, it's a little upsetting when it comes to doing podcasting. Let me tell Listen you. Listen up, Americans. Seriously, you guys don't know how good you've got it when it comes to fitting out your um, your place of residence and utilities for a reasonable price. Good air conditioner in this country is going to cost you $1,400 plus, what, $800 installation? Minimum. 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 Oh, you lucky sons of bitches. We're going to, the next three months are going to be horrible. Oh, I'm already, you know how much I hate it hot, and... Today is being the first. Tomorrow is nearly fucking 40 degrees, which is like the high 90s for those of you who are playing at home in Fahrenheit. Oh, uh, and the thing that upsets me is people have been pissing and moaning all winter. Oh, the cold sucks. When's the summer going to get here? Well, Fuck you know off. what? It's here now. We're not even in summer technically, and it's already hot as balls. I blame all of you. Exactly. Plus. And then everyone will be like, oh, look how lovely it is outside. You know what's lovely? Fuck off. Do you know who I blame? I blame my dear friend Luke Steele because as much <laughs> as I love that dude, he oh. loves the heat and he loves the summer. And when it's thirty-eight degrees, he puts on a hoodie and goes for a run. Yeah, I find him and his attitude towards heat to be absolutely disgusting. Yeah, his his next level fitness and his love of running and the heat is fucking upsetting, and it's blowing my gig. <laughs> yeah, it's really upsetting, actually. <laughs> Anyways, right. enough of that. We should probably talk about something hockey related. Yeah, let's let's swing it back to something actually, actually, you know, hockey related, which is mad. Well, you know what I'll way. do before we get into the old torch watch. I'll actually say something serious for a moment. Oh, could this be a shout out, Cameron? Yeah, we want to send some good vibes to the uh, the Tuscan Roadrunners captain Craig Cunningham. He um, collapsed on the ice tonight or this morning for us um, prior to an AHL game against the Manitoba Moose. Um, Nothing too formal has been released thus far, but apparently he hit the ice and he started having convulsions, which is terrifying. Uh, medical staff had to remove his jersey and his pads and perform chest compressions before they got into an ambulance. Uh, nothing's been released formally thus far, but yeah, best wishes to Craig and his family from 
from us and all of our listeners down here in Australia and Canada and America and wherever else you crazy people are tuning in from. Yeah. Hey, you know, also, nice humble brag. Not so humble brag. Very hectic, though. Yeah, totally. Um, so many dudes going down and actually, like, being rescued by the meds lately and then just being like, yo, I'm going back out. Yeah, well, I mean, not one of those stories, unfortunately. But no, I'm, I'm but still a good story, nonetheless. So because he used to be captain the Providence Royals, who was uh, a Bruin Bay affiliate, so I've watched him play quite a bit. So it was, and uh, thus the Cam Hardwell. Yeah, quite shocked to open that up and see that little news item this afternoon. Yeah. So, let us roll into Torts Watts. Torts, a.k.a. the most fireable coach in NHL history, has somehow swung it around, and off the back of a 10-zip Montreal win an 8-4 St. Louis win, and they knocked off the Rangers. What's going on, Cameron? How is this even possible? What is he doing? Well, initially I was like, are these typos? And then I remember that I write the run sheet, so no, they are not typos. Dickhead. Um, the Dickhead. big game is coached by your boy Torts. It's kind of like, uh, you know what? I actually have nothing intelligent to say. They no, just, CBJs just have been killing beatings it. against two league powerhouses. All I can come up with is Tort's fiery brand of coaching. Are they just so used to getting yelled at and told their pieces of shit that it's finally started to work? So maybe they've actually just come to the realization that they are all, in fact, pieces of shit and just given up on it and just they're not fighting Tort's anymore. I feel like that's it. Like, he is just his general being of fuck you, do what I tell you, no matter what. I feel like it's working. And, you know, maybe because, I mean, CBJ, they've been pretty shit for quite a while i think that this is maybe maybe he's going to turn it around they're going to be not shit for the next year who knows until he gets fired well, obviously I also, I also heard that he's like canceling their morning skates so now that they're actually winning he's like oh, i don't want to overcoach you um i don't want to overwork you i'm going to give you the day off so maybe that's working i don't what kind of mental warfare this is well this i was gonna say nice maybe, maybe he's like dude he's doing the old school teacher like i'm gonna yell at you until until easter and then all of a sudden turn into the nice guy because that, that's an old school teacher technique, FYI. Just like completely yeah. keep you guessing. And then all, all the players just must be like, huh? Like he screamed at us and made us bag skate for six hours and then he gave us the next day off. Like what the fuck? Yeah, he's essentially berated them all within an inch of their life and then he's baked them a cake and said, have a good one. Yeah. <laughs> They would be. Can you imagine that they'd all be so confused? Like, can you imagine like like the, the like Bob would be like, like I mean I, I let him four goals, but like you know he was nice to me in the locker room after that was weird. Like everyone, I, uh, yeah, um, I, I don't even know. The other thing you want to need to <laughs> well is they've done all of this without Seth Jones, who's their number one defenseman. So I mean, obviously a lot of this can be attributed to the huge step up from rookie D-man Zach Warinsky, who's basically pushed himself into the Calder convo. Um, like and he's he's been fantastic in Seth Jones' absence, but if he's grown at this rate, how good is that defense going to be when Seth Jones comes back? Ah, oh, I don't know. Maybe they're going to be amazing. Who I don't even, dude. There's there's so much or, there's so much wrongness right Seth now. Seth Jones's fault, and they go to shit. Hey, wouldn't that be the wouldn't that be the greatest like subtext in the history of the game? Like number one player goes out, team rallies, gets better. Number one player comes back, gets shit. That would be the best. Oh, my God. I'm super into that. I'd love to watch a reverse Disney movie about that. So there's no happy ending. No one wins a trophy. And then Torts get fired fuck. anyway. <laughs> and then the number one fireable coach in the NHL gets fired. Color me shocked. 
Anyway, we will continue. We'll continue the torts watch. We'll continue watch watching what's going on inside the locker room because I think it's really important because the, he is currently the most fireable coach in NHL, possibly history. Cam, some might say. I just want to see him win a cup one day because I reckon that parade and that victory speech from him oh. would be all. T- it would be the all-time table flip slash mic drop because he would know <laughs> yeah. his stock would be so high that they couldn't fire him. He would pick up the mic and go. You know what? All you fucking sons of bitches out there in the media criticizing me, talking about <laughs> this same khaki. You can all get fucked. My son's an army ranger. I'm a. He would just be losing his fucking shit. It would be amazing. Oh my god. I can imagine him in the parade holding up the cup and yelling abuse at the crowd. Like, <laughs> like he does his players. That would be the best. You know what? He would be doing a full Mark Wahlberg in. Um, oh my god. What's the what's the mob movie with Warburg and Nicholson called again? The Departed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, John, congratulations on the cup when you go. Yeah, maybe, maybe not, maybe. Go fuck yourself. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like there'd definitely be a few callbacks to The Departed if he won. Um, but oh. I mean, it, look, what it does look like though is that they're maybe not the easy beats that we predicted at the start of the year. Um, so you know, I feel like we've blown a few things this year. But you know what? Who cares? Who cares? How annoying is this, though, that last year I said the BJs would be great and they were horrible, and yeah. then this year I said they'd be they'd horrible. They'd be terrible. No, yeah, I know. Great. I, know, so real... I feel like I was just 12 months off, which isn't too bad, all things considered. Yeah, I mean, I know. We've, I mean, we predicted worse, let's be honest. Mm, that's true. Anyway, what else is pretty bad. What's that? Quick and not so shit hits. And boy, <laughs> oh boy, have we got a bunch of them. And I've got a gift for you to start with. Oh, yeah. This was a great day, actually. So the Caps actually oh. winning a game, but not only winning it, but winning it 7-1. And the one was a, a goal from none only than Phil Thrill. I know. But I've got a gift to you and me. So the gift from me to you was the Capitals winning 7-1, right? Because, of course, I arranged that. The gift that I <laughs> of course got you back did. was the Pens roasting the Capitals on Twitter saying, cool Atlantic Division banner, bros. Check out our Stanley Cup banner. Yeah, I reckon the dude that runs the Pens Twitter is actually a bit of a legend. In fact, all the dudes that run all of the team's Twitters actually seem kind of legendary. Like this. Well, essentially getting paid just to smoke dudes on the internet. It's fantastic. Yeah, and then smoke each other. Like, they must sit in a room at the end of the year and just be like, yeah, remember that time? Yeah, pretty good. Thank you. Thanks for blowing I, me what, up. What I did think was funny, though, was that after the initial burn, they were trying to roast each other as to which city is better and where you would rather live. And I'm like, dude, they're both shit. That's like, like Geelong and Ballarat. I know. Argue which is a better place to live. How good is it? B markets know. arguing about which, which is a better B market. Like, come on, man. Yeah, Even I didn't yeah. buy into that. I'm like, everyone knows you're clutching at straws now. Give it up, son. Like, there's a yeah. time to give up arguing on the internet, you know? And for our international listeners, we're able to sit here in our glass houses and throw these stones because we live in the equivalent of New York City. Pretty much, yeah? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll go far. I would go that far. Well, just, I mean, know, Sydney thinks it's New York, but it's, it's, not. it's not. It's not. We have all of the sports and everything else. Yeah. Sydney's not a great time. You need to take it down a couple of dozen notches, Sydney. Although their casino is full of despair, which is a great no, time. No, is terrible because A, it looks like a box from the fucking Flintstones and B, every time I go there, I get thrown out before midnight for doing nothing wrong. Yeah, I got thrown out last time I was there too. I feel like we should definitely not go there ever again. Yeah, you don't have to get much, you don't have to do much to get thrown out of that casino, to be honest. Look like a spastic, I feel like is high on the list though, Cam. 
You know, I don't like your choice of words. You could have you could have gone with a lot of other things and you weren't there. Come well, on, I feel like it's probably the that. most accurate. You're better than that, John. I know you can do it. I know. I feel like saying shit can't too early in the show was not fair to the, our listeners. Climaxing too early, would you say? <laughs> yeah, probably. Which has um, been one of the prevailing themes of your life thus far. Potentially. So, speaking of gifts, Cameron, um, mm. a birthday gift was handed out uh, by by Columbus, um, going back to torts for a minute, in that stellar 10-zip uh, loss, the Habs... On Therian's birthday, of all days, could it be any more sweeter for you, Cameron? Could it be? Could that be the best thing that's happened all year thus far? It really couldn't have been. And obviously, this happened a couple of weeks ago now, but we missed an episode last week due to a massive network outage in John's area. Huh, yes, thanks, I promise. Beautiful bastards. Giving they had the 10 mil smoking on Michelle Therian's birthday was absolutely fantastic. Seriously, I want to buy every member of that team a beer. Yeah. That was... Uh, it was probably the best time. It's, it's, although, any time the Habs loses a good time, but this was probably just a little sweeter. A yeah, little sweeter. I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, yeah. I'll tell you what I'm glad finally done and dusted because I was over the speculation. Jake Kruber finally signing with the Jets. Um, we don't want to get too heavily into it because, you know, whatever. And there's already a red-hot article about it on our website. However, GM uh, Kevin Shovel-Dayoff, is, he, he's the new Stevie Eisenman. He's up there. He, he's... He's another fucking iron-fisted general manager that will not be bullied by his players, and I love it. Yeah, I like that the GMs are, like, staring them down, going, you know what, fuck you. You're not playing until you sign, and you sign the deal that I want you to sign. And I, I feel like Stevie Eisenman's led the way there. But, I mean, big Stevie way. We're all about Stevie, you know. He's He's been, well, he's been leading the GM good, charge. Can you do this to his name? Because Jeff's GM is Kevin Chevaldeoff. You could call him Sheriff Dayoff. Get it? You could. Shit. You could. I mean, it probably needs a little work, but I still think it's great. <laughs> well, it needs, needs, needs a little bit more workshopping. But, yeah, um, maybe, maybe take it to a that. workshop or two. <laughs> so yeah. it actually comes out funny. <laughs> want, to, want to take it offline and workshop it? Definitely take it offline. One of my favorite phrases in the world. Um, if you work at IT, you know what I mean. Um, Colorado oh, center Matt Duchesne is currently out nursing concussion symptoms. Again, yet, um, although he did pick up an OT winner against the Jets, um, he's day today, but that's yet another player that's gone down, big-name player that's gone down this year with con- 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 concussion symptoms. Um, adding Sid to the list, adding Duchesne to the list. It's getting bigger and bigger every week, Cam. Tell you, tell you why that's a big issue as well, not just because they're without Duchesne, but because they're allegedly shopping. Matt Duchesne. Correct. So they are not able to currently trade this concussed player, which must be upsetting for Colorado. True, but I mean, chances are they're probably not going to flip him until um, deadline anyway. So they just what they need him to do is just be healthy and perform um, so they can get a decent return on him. But obviously, with him being out, no money for you. True, sir. Hey, John, if your team or your business is in need of a locker room cancer, bad attitudes, and an occasionally okay winger, get in touch with the Buffalo Sabres because they're still trying to shop a Vander Kane. Oh, yeah, of course. Hey, you know what's really funny about that, though? No one's going to pick him up. Yay. Well, here's the thing. Apparently, the uh, Vancouver, we refuse to acknowledge that we need to fully rebuild and we spent big on Louis Erickson for no reason. Canucks are very keen to bring their Vancouver hometown boy home. What a bunch of dickheads. I, you know what? I actually don't back that because I don't think Dan Bilesma, who is an actual legend, will back that because he's a big, like, um, you know, like, morality and, like, um, 
like he's a big locker room dude who really but, like but expects getting rid of him. Yeah, I mean that's true. Um, I, I suppose that's why he he wants to get rid of him in the end. But I'm surprised also that Louis Erickson has just been so shit this year. Like I watched a Canucks game I'm as not. well. No, I always thought he was good for the bees, didn't you? Um, he was okay, but I mean, he, he he's a non-contact kind of hockey player. Yeah, and that's fine. Everybody needs those players, but Vancouver just aren't a good team. Like they they need to accept that they need a full-blown rebuild before they can move on, and they're not accepting it. So they tried for one more year to surround the Sedin brothers with whatever they needed to try and compete, and it hasn't worked and again. Be enough. Well, I feel like it's the same news out of Vancouver every year. Like, oh, we're going to pick up the right players to put around the Sedins. Like, I I have a feeling that at some point they're going to need to break those two up and flip one of them at least. Maybe Daniel. Who knows? No, it's actually impossible. Like, each of them carries a $7 million salary. Like, in the salary cap era, nobody can afford $7 million for an aging board. Like, they're going to retire in Vancouver without a cup. Yeah, well, that. it is. Uh, that's it. That's how it is. So, more injury news. Um, flyer netminder who had a ripple last year in the playoffs, Michael Neuverth, has succumbed to a knee sprain, which will see him for four to six weeks on the bench. Um, well, that's pretty stuck. That's pretty crap because, you know, let's be honest, Philly's goaltending's been pretty dog shit this season. So that means that it's up to poor old Stevie Mason to get lit up week after week. And let's be honest, it's it's going to be pretty rough with. I mean, Philly's offense is looking pretty good. Their defense is looking also, you know, a little shaky. So are we seeing a trade in the wings, Cameron? Well, I would love to answer that question for you. But now that cap geeks down, um, I don't have a tool available to me to work out who's available <laughs> and how much they can afford. Uh, which is a wee bit frustrating, especially because the old con dog is off the market as well. Oh, uh, there's literally I mean, no goalies Andre, left. Andre Pavlich is still toiling in the minors. Um in the Jets organization, maybe he's an option. And I mean, I guess, mm. given they are opposing conferences, maybe the Jets and the Flyers could broker a deal. Um, I don't know. I, mean, I feel like they're just going to have to ride it out. At the, moment. the other one is the Senators waived the Hamburglar today. Well, maybe that there, there's an option. I, I don't know. But with Cat Geep down, I can't, I can't tell you how much they've got left. Well, apparently, too, Ottawa wanted to send Craig Anderson to the um, to the minors, right? They, need, they said, look, man, you just did a couple games of conditioning. He's to get good again. Mm. And he's no, nah, I'm not going to the minors. He, like, flatly refused to go to the AHL, so they waived him. <laughs> Actually, you know what? Sometimes I think it's a, it's just funny. Like, I don't think it's good or bad. I just think it's funny. Like, you know when, the, like, a player's obviously trying to, like, you know, get just... I guess get something over ownership and just be like, nah, man, I'm definitely not doing it. I'm an NHL ready. I'm I'm here to play. And they're like, yeah, we don't we don't buy that. So out you go, son. I reckon it's... It's, it's so fucking dumb. The it's balls really, on it, though. Like, put it, put it into your work situation. Imagine your boss said, John, you're cooking it. I want you to spend three days at this training course so you come back red hot and ready to go. And you said, no, I'm refusing to go to this training course. And they said, okay, well, you're fired then. Yeah, <laughs> you're like, wow, that's great. Thanks, man. So, so I know, and you're absolutely right. But at that being said, I just think it's funny that this year alone, we've seen how many players just go, fuck you, I'm not doing it, and then essentially just get fired. Uh, this has to be well, like the yeah. fifth or sixth, easily. When will they learn, Cameron? This is all This is all bad advice. Player agents are blowing oh, yeah. it at the minute. They won't learn. It's as simple as that. I don't know what it is. Um, I don't know who to blame. I, I'll, you know, I'll probably blame you. You're a bit of a fuckwit. 
Yeah, I would. Speaking of people who aren't fuckwits, though, Stammer's out again, four to six months at minimum with a torn meniscus. How does that make you a fuckwit? Or do you mean from a fantasy point of view? Yeah, yeah. Like, it must be, it's be, it must be, if you're like Ben, really upsetting if you got Stammer. Like, so upsetting. Well, I, don't, yeah, I don't really care about Ben's fantasy team. <laughs> Goderoe's also out for a month with a broken finger. That's hilarious. Um, what else we got? No, Taylor he, Hall he, he, is he, also he, out. Huh? Oh, he's back now. Uh, Taylor Hall is also out, which is pretty rough if you're a Devils fan because, you know, the lack of production out of anyone out of the Devils at the minute. Um, it's all it's all looking bad for like, injuries. I feel like you haven't watched any hockey over the last week because Goudreau being out for a month with a broken finger is legit. Like, I saw the photo of his finger and it was completely mushed up and... They're now saying that Goudreau's injury could very well be the catalyst for um, linesmen actually starting to pay more attention to the way that forwards get slashed. Well, um, I'm surprised they haven't brought that up more recently, though. Like, because dudes, I've seen some pretty rough slashes in my time watching hockey, and I think we all have. And I'm surprised that more often it's just kind of waved off like it's nothing. Yeah, yeah, totally. And with the Taylor Hall thing, um, obviously that stings the Devils, but they've been moving surprisingly well in his absence. So uh, the Devils might actually be better equipped depth-wise to survive than many had given them credit, us included. But, I mean, this isn't the NFL. This rash of injuries needs to slow down because you're starting to mess with people's fantasy livelihoods. Yeah, I know. The, the amount of injuries is out of control. I think this year, more so than the last few years, we've seen a lot more injuries in the you know the first few weeks like last year we saw we did see a few but like stammer has gone down early this year um he went down mid-season last year i think that there's just a lot of big injuries like what is it cameron what's going on what's what's is are the guys are their bodies breaking down are they playing too much are they are they what are they not drinking enough beer on the sidelines and, and you know in 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 the penalty in the penalty box or you know at the at the period break what's going on are they not feeding them enough fucking philly cheesesteaks what is it cameron I don't know, but I mean, 15 games in 29 days is pretty rough on anybody's body, so I guess it was inevitable. Yeah, I feel like that could be it. While we're at it, the uh, the Islanders can't catch a break on the injury front end. The Travis Hamannick and Ryan Moore could both be injured. Um, Hamannick is inching closer, though. Uh, the German Hammer, aka Dennis Seidenberg, has <laughs> taken a puck to the face, and he's going to miss time. Um, He's an old dog, and they've got him on a one-year contract, but he's been playing 20-plus minutes with all the other injuries, so he's been quite valuable to them. Uh, and Justin folks out for the um, the struggling Hurricanes as well. That's a big um, hit. And I can't believe we picked them as a wildcard team this year, so clearly we know nothing. Yeah. Maybe we should have chosen the Devils. I don't know. Maybe we should have. I just didn't want to give a Devils fans a satisfaction. Yeah, and we have two in our fantasy league, which would have blown up the chat during the week, let me tell you. Absolutely disgusting. <laughs> I am um, take a moment to talk about Toronto for a moment. Oh, okay. This is going to be well, great. Well, that bout with the Canucks, which was about you know ten days ago now, but still sm- absolutely smashing. Yeah. Um, firstly, look, the Kadri hit was a bit rubbish, wasn't it? He obviously didn't get suspended, but it was a bit rubbish. He's a rubbish player, and it was a rubbish. He hit. usually has those rubbish hits that are questionable, but never get suspended. I don't know how. Well, I don't understand how he didn't get suspended and Pastrnak did get suspended for his hit. But so I know I was also not, pissed I'm, about I'm that. I'm not in the Department of Player Safety. Who gives a shit what I think? Well, I was upset because I've got Pastrnak in fantasy this year, and he's been extremely, extremely good this year. And they rubbed him out for legitimately what I would consider the same hit, which is why I was upset. 
Well, let's recap what actually happened in that sequence because I really enjoyed it. So, <laughs> Adri threw a big hit. Love a Cameron play-by-play, play, by the way. Response and he ran straight over and started throwing pipe bombs at Adri's head. Fantastic. Great. Um, and Ozzy Hansen's actually out for 46 weeks now, which he sustained on the hit that he caught prior for Morgan Riley. Uh, point two, the chaos afterwards, which included point three, yeah. Matt Martin dropping rookie Troy Stetcher, which led to point four, Ryan Miller tackling Murray, which led also to point great. five, Freddie Anderson leaving his zone for a bit of a chin wag more than anything else, because they didn't really scuffle, they no. had some tea and scones. Yeah, <laughs> he was upset, but he wanted to get involved, but not too involved. Well, the thing that really annoyed me about that whole thing is, and look, I'm not a Canucks apologist, so please, um, <laughs> number of Warriors saying that Derek Dorsett was soft and not fighting Matt Martin earlier in the game. You guys need to learn hockey. At the time when Martin challenged Dorsett, the game was still winnable for the Canucks. So Why would he? Dorsett played a smart game and he didn't get sucked into a fight and cost him any momentum. Had he been challenged to the fight later in the game once the game was out of reach? Yeah, probably. He definitely would have punched on and he probably would have flogged old Matty Boy. I like that. I, I, th- I think you're right on the money there. Like, games in the balance don't take a stupid penalty and don't take a stupid fighting penalty that you might potentially lose and then swing the momentum the other way. Like, back it out and wait 10 minutes and then sucker him later. Like, I don't know. There are so many dudes who are upset about this on the internet that uh, we had a good chat. We had a nice little, a good little offline chat about this and come to the same conclusion. People on the internet, particularly Canucks fans, are morons. Oh, massive morons. Also, December 3, circle it on your calendar, rematch between the Nuts and the Leafs, because I love the fact that our Erica Branson told the media post-game that Matt Martin is fucking dead. That's excellent. We will cover this off in two weeks, so keep your calendars posted for this one. Hey, um, one more shout-out before we move on to the good news. Um, Hurricanes forward Brian Bickle uh, announced this week that he's been diagnosed with uh, MS and he's obviously going to be taking some time away from the game. Yes. Um, Bickle was a part of the three Blackhawks Cups in 2010, 13 and 15 and you know he was a bit of a fan favourite during that time so there's plenty of people in his corner and we wish him the best of luck in his uh, you know, journey with multiple sclerosis and hopefully he can get back on the ice at some stage. Yeah, uh, lots of good vibes coming out of Carolina at the minute in support. And what I will say is the day it was announced, they pumped the Caps 5-1. 5-1, I believe. I, it was 5-1, and it was very upsetting. And I was being told about it all day because I sit next to a fucking Carolina Hurricanes fan. Apparently the only one in the Southern Hemisphere, mind you. Well, he could be the only one anywhere because after much denial, the owner of the team has said, I am now fielding offers to sell potentially and relocate the team. No, he said, no, no well, almost. He said, I, I'm fielding offers to sell it and I don't care where the team goes, which is more important, I think, which suggests that he just wants to cash the fuck out. <laughs> yeah, they're going to Seattle. They have to be going to Seattle. Oh, Seattle just needs a professional sports team now. Sorry, well, a successful. now got a new uh, ownership and business group with some celebrity members to bring an NBA and NHL team there, including Seahawks quarterback Russell Wilson. Wow, this is all great. Who said, we need a hockey team. Oh. You know, I would almost jump ship. Almost. I really like Why? Seattle. What's with you wanting to jump ship? You're, you're, you've been a caps knob forever in a day. Why are you ready to jump ship now? I don't know. You know what? I'm, I'm thinking about Vegas. Hey, I wonder how many people are thinking about Vegas. We should you do an op-ed what? piece. Actually, you know what? I encourage this behavior because if you're flaky and you're going to jump ship from the capital, I want you to do it because within two years of you jumping ship, they will win, win a cup. cup. Yeah. 
<laughs> I'm mainly saying it for decent content, but they'll probably do it. They'll probably do it. Maybe I should write a piece about why it's a good idea to jump ship from your dog shit team. But would you seriously consider leaving the Washington Capitals? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I kind of think you would. Maybe. Maybe. You know what? I should write. I'll write a thing on the website. There you go. I'll write something. I better edit it before we post it. Well. <laughs> All right. So. All right, let's get some good news. We should definitely here. do the good news. Um, you can take it. Oh, I would love to. So it's not good news that John Scott retired from professional hockey. Like we, we announced it a couple of weeks ago. Well, not we announced spoke about it a fair bit. Um, hockey leaders and purists like to think that maybe, maybe he fucked up the voting system um, from the, you know, the all-star game of color, like last year. But you know what? We disagree. We disagree. Um, you know, getting, you know, the chance to talk about Big John is definitely worth a good news vibe. What do you reckon, Cam? I completely agree. Like you said, him leaving the game obviously isn't great because we love him, but any opportunity to talk about him rules. Uh, he obviously finished his last season with the St. John's Ice Caps at the AHL, so he pulled the plug on it. Um, I think he's gone out as close to the top as he can. Hmm. Uh, he's hated. He's more than ready to step in any into any job. He could take an engineering job, or I think the likely event is that he will take a job in an NHL front office. As we've said before, I'd love to see him as a, you know, like a personnel manager kind of guy. Um, San Jose is the obvious one. He's got a lot of friends there. And ultimately, at the end of the day, we, you know, we, we, we just feel stoked that we've been, we've been a part of John's, uh, John's journey over the last 18 months. And his official stats at the time of closing are going to read uh, five goals, six assists, 544 penalty minutes, and 286 games. Yeah, I mean, almost any time that we spoke about John Scott, we had a great time over the last few years. And, um, you know, I remember... Last year, when um, the Canadians picked him up, they said unequivocally that he would not put on a Canadian's jersey, and yet there he was. He played two games. What an absolute legend! Um, and kudos to him dropping it on the gram as well. Um, we're we're really really stoked to to hear from him, and we're really stoked that he's actually using using the internet and engaging with his fans because he's obviously got quite a few. And you know, it's been it's been great being able to talk about him and be able to engage with him online. And I think there's only good things to come from here, Cam. Did you see what his actual post was announcing his retirement? It was a homebrew post. <laughs> yeah, what an absolute legend, by the way. Like, absolute In legend. fact, my second hockey, my second fantasy hockey team uh, league is called the John Scott Legend Cup, so it's not too yeah. bad. Very good. Are you dog shit in that one as well? Am I what? Are you dog shit in that fantasy league as well? No, I'm actually. I think I'm first or second. I'm really high. I'm close to the front. Isn't an eighth place league that does? Isn't like an eighteen league that doesn't even count hits and blocks? Oh no, it's got even more stats than ours. Like it's got like game winning goals and it's just ridiculous. It's got like every stat you can imagine. You, you've got to get, you've got to get a point in to win. It's just ridiculous. Eighteen league, who cares? I know it's like easy mode, dude. It's the easiest thing in the world. <laughs> hey, um, I want to take a minute to shout out some secondary good news. Last week, the Hockey Hall of Fame matched <sighs> in four inductees. Um, there's only one I really want to talk about as he was the most relevant figure to myself growing up and my age and the time frame that I discovered the sport. Uh, the Big E, Eric Lindros, um, stoked to finally see the big dog make his way into the hall. Um, he's obviously going to be known forever as, you know, as much for his ability to get fucked as, as was his on-ice performance. Um, I'm, you know, stoked that he told Quebec to piss off many years ago and landed with the Flyers because it added to his story. Um, and quite honestly, if he played for a team like Quebec, we probably never would have heard of him down here in Australia. Playing for a bigger team meant we were at least made aware of him. 
Um, you know, we've talked about him before. He's going to be seen as a trailblazer and, you know, seeking opinions outside of the team doctors for his health issues and his concussions. Uh, I think those bold choices have obviously led to players being far more informed and empowered in today's NHL, and he's a big part of that. So congrats, big son. Yeah, I agree. What a huge move. And what a, what a, what a, what a, what a nice... What a nice homage, Cam. Well done. It's, it's nice to see you being like a decent human being. It's great. For one. Yeah, I know. It's so weird. So weird. Anyway, let's 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 talk let's talk some shit. Let's let's uh, jump into our baseless bullshit banter segment. And let me tell you, I've been waiting for this. This one really pissed me off. And I'm a, dude, we'll just get right into it. So, so okay, I, I'm gonna lead off. So Gretzky and Brodeur, they played. Now let me tell you, they played a lot of games. How many games did they play for the St. Louis Blues camp? How many times? How many games did they play? Combined, twenty-five. Gretzky and Martin Brodeur played twenty-five games for the St. Louis Blues. Whew! That's almost as much as you and I have played for the St. Louis Blues camp. <laughs> you know what? It's not that much more than you and I have played for the St. Louis Blues. Camp. I know. I can almost count twenty-five on my hands. Uh, so that being said, um, what what are they doing? They're they're, they're gonna they're gonna play the curtain raiser on December thirty-first. For the Winter Classic game, why why would they do that, Cam? Why 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 would you get two legends to play in a game that no one really cares about? Why would you do that? It's shit like this that has already cheapened and ruined these outdoor games. So <laughs> even L is acknowledging that they've gone so bunter on these outdoor games in the past few years that the novelty's already worn off. So they're desperately clawing at other ideas and novelty like items to pad the events out. So look. I'm not saying St. Louis don't deserve an outdoor game because they do. And the fact that the Winter Classic sold out more than a month ago, I mean, you know, 10 weeks out or whatever, it means the the people of St. Louis have fully embraced the Winter Classic concept. They've lost their NFL franchise. They don't have a basketball team. So like, they love hockey. It's great. But the outdoor game in Winnipeg this year came and went without any fanfare. Um, it had 33,000 people there, which is big, big for Winnipeg, but, you know, whatever. Um, there's all these little stadium series games as well. So, I mean... Fans in St. Louis, they're stoked that they get to see Gretzky and Brodeur in the flesh and, you know, maybe for the first time, maybe again. I don't but know, man. It, it feels cheap. Cheap hacky that it's, I can't it, get around it. I don't know. I, it kind of feels... It feels like the NHL are like, you know what? We get it. We've tried this. We've thrown too many of these. We've stuffed too many of these down your throat. And... You know, we're kind of sorry, but we're also not. So here's a couple of great stars, former, former great stars of the game. Um, please shut up and enjoy the game. I feel like that they're just putting in no effort anymore and they just don't even care. Um, just, I mean, there's so much that's been written about how, how much, like, nobody cares about this anymore. No one even, I mean, I'll watch the Winter Classic just because I do every year, but I feel like that this is just a cheap effort yet again. I mean, who are they, who are they playing? They're playing the Blackhawks this year, aren't they? Yeah, and like, which, which I'm cool with because there is a legit rivalry between these teams. But I mean, Gretzky already suited up as an oiler this year. Yeah. For game in the Jets. <laughs> I know. For one aging hero who even went on record saying this year, I'm not particularly good anymore. And the very notion of seeing Brodeur in anything other than the Devil's Red is upsetting. It's quite stupid at this stage. Like, I just don't get it. And, and look, Maybe we don't get it, given that we're down here in Australia and we don't have the chance to attend these games. No. Nah. But if they're being frequently and... There's too like, much. Like, like, I re- just... There was recently like hot debate on the uh, NHL Reddit about 
uh, why people don't give a fuck about these games anymore and like why the Winter Classic has lost all of its luster. And it's it's for these exact reasons. Like, too many, too much. Like, there was... I mean, when they had the... Um, when they had HBO follow them for the NA, for the um, the Winter Classic first couple of series, everyone got around it. And then they had HBO follow the uh, the um, the outdoor series in California against the the, um, the Sharks and, and the Kings, which that kind of cool. start. It was cool, but there was you could kind of see it losing a little bit of its luster. Like the lead up to the game through the series was cool, but the game itself was kind of shit. Um, last year's thumping of the bees was also kind of not great and the, yes john that was not great but let's please bring it up again yeah it was awesome um but again though like i mean i feel like it's the whole thing is just starting to get a little tacky and cheap like it's just something that the you know, it used to be this marquee game that like everyone really looked forward to but then they're like oh we can totally make heaps of cash out of this and just pump this cash cow for everything and yeah, everyone's a little Look, over I've, it. I've actually got an idea to fix this shit, right? So it's obviously all about money. So, of course, nobody in the league especially gives a shit about any of our ideas. But what do you think if that we had one outdoor alumni game a year, right? Yeah. And it could occur annually on All-Star Weekend. So on All-Star Weekend, Friday night, you could have an outdoor alumni game, and then Saturday all your usual shit, Sunday all your usual shit. So, for example, 2017 All-Star Games in Los Angeles, right? Yeah. Friday night, how good would an outdoor alumni game between the, you know, the whoever it is, you know, like the Kings alumni team would be fantastic. Yeah. Versus whoever they're playing. You do that at Dodger Stadium, and then Saturday you've got everything at Staples Center. That'd yeah. be unreal. I would go to that. Because I, I, that thought, I thought that you were going to say something silly. Thing you get, and you have it outdoors. Two birds, one stone. Cool you know cool novelty thing but still a solid product i'm into it everyone's into it get at us yeah well i thought you were going to say something silly and unintelligent like fucking ship it to dubai and have it there and fucking play sand hockey or like maybe they'll like <laughs> yeah i know or like maybe they'll just like get a hockey rink like out in antarctica and make them play there like I don't know. I can also think of other ridiculous things to do because that's what the NHL are doing with these games because nobody cares. And we'll get around this. Imagine it's an outdoor alumni all-star game. That you can vote for? I would be around that. Yeah, so they say, look, we've spoken to the following 60 players and all of them said they're physically capable of doing the game. Now vote. Yeah, that would be sick, actually. And, you know, it, I feel like we could get John Scott playing again if we did that. <laughs> I'm more just thinking it'd be cool to see dudes like Robitaille out there. Oh, that'd be great. Rafi Torres. Yeah. At the end of the day, like, look, you and I are super fans, but I mean, the Winter Classic doesn't really do much for me because we're not going in person. We're still watching it on TV, which means essentially... It's the same game. We're watching It's still the same camera view. I do really like the Road to the Winter Classic series. Like, I'll, I'll concede that every year, regardless of who's playing, I really enjoy watching those. Absolutely. But... The sheen is definitely worn off, and I think they need to tinker with the formula and stop jamming so many games down our throat. Absolutely, and I, I back the All Star All Star gig. I mean, we talked about it, you know, a couple of years ago how it'd be much much cooler if it was All Star gig instead of this, you know, just try and get any any B market and throw throw them an outdoor game and hope that it works. Maybe maybe well, they just do a little bit more market research. Like. I don't know. How many times can we watch a retired Wayne Gretzky suit up for a different team now playing? And when does it become sad, more importantly? Like, when do we go, you know what? 
I feel like we're just discrediting ourselves now. Yeah, that's kind of how it feels, right? Like it's 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 almost starting to detract from those players. They're like, now when someone says Wayne Gretzky, I'm like, yeah, Wayne Gretzky, and I'm like, yeah, he gives a fuck. It's too much. Yeah, I think he's, he's you know what? He's probably just over it now. He's like, you know what? I don't even want to fucking play anymore. Regardless of how I'm much you pay me. To see him on the Simpsons in a couple of weeks. I'm I'm also excited about that. By the way. Hey, side note, Cohen just sent me a message. He just bought 100 golf balls. Titleist golf balls for twenty nine ninety five. I don't care. I do. You need to get on this golf thing. It's great. <laughs> you know what? I definitely should. Well, I got a I got a bees uh, a bees club bag the other day. It looks great. Just black and yellow for days, son. <laughs> don't call me son. It's weird. All right. Tell you what I will do though. <laughs> I'm going to talk about the weekly waffle for a little bit. Ah, you know, when I read this, because, you know, I read this beforehand, which is rare, um, I actually totally agree with everything that you've written here, which is weird for once. Because I usually try and find somewhere to disagree with you. Actually take the time to read the the work that I put into the show. No, but more importantly, I think it's, it's interesting that I actually read a whole piece and totally didn't disagree with one thing. Oh, it's almost like we're becoming friends. I don't know. I would say more professional, but then, nah. Yeah. Well, look, the the point is, and what we're going to talk about this week is the NWAHL launched last season, uh, four teams, and they had a reasonable rate of attendance for the opening season. Like any new business, you need to budget and plan for slow growth, and you need to set yourself a reasonable period of time before things start clicking uh, financially. And this point is especially important when your league is the first ever women's pro league to actually pay its players. Um, that's what made last week's uh, announcement so shocking when Danny Ryland, who's the league's commissioner, announced that the players were getting their salaries cut by up to 50%, which she's yet to confirm. Um, but a number of sources have said that's the case. And she's essentially said the cut was inevitable to keep the league economically viable. So um, would you say it, that maybe it was a little, a little, they went into it a little too quickly? Maybe they, maybe they should have started a little low and then maybe pushed themselves up a little higher in terms of the well, salary, I, players' salaries? I don't think they went into it quickly. I think the issue's a little more ingrained than that. Um, I, I think before we even get into that, the cuts were made without consulting the league's player association, and Ryland has gone on the record as stating that many of the players have actually contacted her asking how they can help the league, which, which is incredibly selfless and, and big-picture thinking from these women, given the financial strain that a number of them are now going to be facing. Um... The biggest driver of the salary cuts was apparently linked to the league's inability to close a major media deal. So in 2016, I mean, no TV dollars, no cash for anyone, right? Well, that's true. Like if you're not if you're not rocking that that sweet sweet TV money, then it's going to be hard to pay your players, and I can totally get that. So do you suggest that maybe the issue isn't with the league or with their inability to secure a major uh, a major sponsor? Do you think the issue was with us? Or should we be looking in? Should we be looking inside ourselves, Cam, and thinking about how can we let this happen? Well, I mean, I'm not particularly in a rush to look inside myself. I'd hate to see what I'd find in there. Um, but probably just hate yeah, and despair. I, I do think it is a bigger problem, and it's, it's not just a problem with, with hockey. I think it's a problem with the sports community in general. Um, ultimately, convincing people to attend a women's league can be challenging. Unfortunately, a great many many male sports fans still view the female product as being inferior. Um, I know for a fact the NWHL tickets aren't expensive at all. Mm-hmm. Like I had a look at some of them are 15 bucks. 
Um, but I mean, perhaps hockey fans who are already invested in their their NHL and AHL clubs, which is um, you know, their markets are Boston, New York, Buffalo, and Connecticut. You know, even a cheap ticket, maybe they don't have the spare cash. I don't know. Um, I do have a few suggestions as to how we can repair this. Of, I mean, of course, Cameron. Of course, you have. Of course, you have a suggestion. I, what I will say though, just to, I feel like the upper northeast already has quite a quite a lot of sports teams to contend with so they didn't necessarily do themselves any favors there but that being said i feel like you're correct that there's a lot of unnecessary hate out there and unnecessary i feel like it's a little bit harder than it needs to be which is i think that was what you're trying to get at i think that's a really that's a really good point you've made and i didn't even think of that initially like like they played the smart money and they launched teams in boston new york buffalo and connecticut but because they're hockey markets but i mean they're hockey markets they've got nhl teams and ahl teams correct is saturated were they better off launching in markets where there is a demand and a short supply and they just play the percentages yeah i mean i feel like going for going for teams that you know, they going for I guess a location where the, they knew that that's where hockey fans were. Smart play, guaranteed. But I don't know. I feel like it's a little. They kind of made it a little harder on themselves because then, I mean, how many games of hockey can you go to? Like, if you live in Boston, you can go to heaps of hockey games. Are you then also going to pick up a third, potentially fourth team to go to? I don't know. I feel like it's a little bit harder to to justify particularly if you're already you know a, you know a working joe who doesn't have that much cash who goes to a couple of ahl games goes and see the big club once or twice a year as well and then you know maybe you, you know you then go have to go and play or go and watch one of your one of the female the, the, the ladies leagues i think it's gonna be rough man like in terms of especially while you know dudes in the northwest northeast are doing it tough in terms of cash at the minute I don't know, maybe they didn't do themselves a lot of favours with, like, with the market. I think features. that's a really good point. I mean, I, I look at our friend Josh. He's a, he's, a, he's a Boston Bruins fan. He's a Providence Bruins fan. He keeps in touch with college hockey. So you got, you know, Boston College, Boston University. you got Providence. Um, if you're going to throw another club in there, that's potentially his fifth or sixth hockey team to pay attention to. It's, you know, that can't be helping. I mean, I look at, say, Wisconsin. They don't have a hockey team in the NHL, but they've got a very strong hockey culture like mm-hmm. is in wisconsin college or university or whatever you guys call it over there always have um you know consistently good uh hockey teams in addition to their football programs maybe a women's hockey team there wasn't a bad idea just by way of the fact that they don't have one we like hockey we don't have an nhl team to contend contend with you know maybe maybe the novelty would have been cool up there i don't know yeah exactly maybe maybe they just you know were maybe they were just a victim of poor timetabling you know <laughs> you know, maybe that's it. I don't know. I I just feel like um, just seeing it unfold. Like even I remember when they they announced the I think they announced the New York and the Boston teams first. And I remember saying to yeah. them, I remember saying to you, like New York, really? Like, I mean, I get it, but like New York's already got a shed load of teams for them to have to compete against. I mean, and they yeah. already play out in Jamaica already, so like they're already playing in Queens in a smaller market. Like, is that the smartest decision they could have made? Maybe they should have done Jersey instead, like where they could have had yeah. guaranteed seats, you know, instead of having to compete with in the big city with the big clubs. Maybe that's maybe maybe they aimed a little too high. I don't know. I don't know. Well, the, the, the points I wanted to raise were a stronger affiliation between the men's and women's worlds 
surely that's an option. But I mean, so as an example, if you buy a ticket to a Boston Bruins game, right? Why can't they investigate a deal where you buy a ticket to a Boston Bruins game and you get a complimentary ticket to a Boston Pride game? And maybe that means the Boston Pride play on a Tuesday that week where there's no Boston Bruins game and there's no Providence Bruins game. And that week in the schedule, there is no hockey in that region on a Tuesday night apart from the women's game. And you get a free ticket if you're a Bruins ticket holder. Or or you do a um, curtain raiser event and you pay for both. Or here's one for you, right? The New York Riveters. I don't understand why something can't be worked out where they don't play like a matinee or a curtain raiser game to a Rangers game. Exactly. Like, I know people all bail on work two hours early or you've got other commitments. But I mean, if the Riveters played at 5 p.m. in a half full Madison Square Garden, that's still 10,000 people. That's better than them playing in front of 327 people in, in the suburbs on a Sunday. That's right. I mean, they're, I don't. I don't know why they don't do that. Why don't they employ us to think of these things, Cam? Like curtain raises, great idea. Like ticket, that would mean that you know you could get ticket packages that would be like so obviously easy to sell. Like, what is going on? Why aren't people listening to us? Like, you know, you've already got the um, the women's hockey team, the women's soccer team fighting the good fight out there, still gunning for that equal pay agreement. Um, you know, obviously, you know to you know, get them up there with their, like their global rankings because they're already right at the top, you know, so they, they've got a decent TV deal on the table, merchandising, etc. Maybe the hockey gals can get on board as well. Well, I put it this way, right? If you can afford a ticket to a New York Rangers game, right? Let's say the ticket's $85. I know it's probably a lot more than that. That's cool. Maybe, <laughs> maybe that Friday night and it's the Rangers versus the Islanders, right? And your normal $85 ticket is $90. And you get a second game of hockey at 5 p.m. and you've only paid five dollars more because you can afford 85, you can afford 90. Shut the fuck up. Correct. And that five bucks goes to the women's league. Yeah, I'm on board with that. I would pay that, and because well, I'm a hockey fan, I would watch four hours too, of hockey. Because if you're growing and cultivating women's hockey culture, and you're going to get more people into a sport that has maybe been ignored by these people previously, you're helping your own sport. Correct. I don't know, I feel like that's a great idea. Why the curtain raiser wasn't. Uh, investigator early is beyond me because I feel like it's such an easy slam dunk as well like um, and then or, or even even better you could get people to stay on after a Rangers game and they could play after or before or and then because obviously then ice time would be cheaper and the rest of it but obviously we don't know about the logistics of moving plays in and out of a, of a hockey rink um, but that being said I feel like there's probably more that could have been thought about ahead of time particularly with yeah, where they where, where they are, like where the teams were placed, I think was probably a little erroneous. But what do you do? What do you do? Hopefully they get the deal that they're that they're after, and um, and then the league continues because I think it's great for the sport, and I think it's great for the um, for just just hockey in general. I agree, John. I agree. Look, before we get too bummed out about that, because if I dwell on the fact that they're blowing it, I will get upset. <laughs> Let's help our friends out there in nerd worlds. Let's throw out our top 10 fantasy ads for the week. Oh, and we have a few actually, Cam. We do, we do. So number one, we've got Marion Hoster on the right wing again. He's still not that widely owned. As Hoster goes, so do the Hawks. Consistency is the name of the game. And dare I say, we're in week five. If you're struggling to fill winger slots to get some points, you are after consistency. Look no further than your boy Marion. Correct. Creech is available, so somehow he's available in 40-plus percent of leagues. Picking up his mojo finally, he's feeding the right players, and he's getting those all-important substats, which he always, always gets. 
Now, here's one I like because I personally picked him up and he's been an absolute fine. Uh, another Jet is getting it done, especially in the face-off dot. Adam Lowry. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, he, was, he was a third-round pick. He's an American-born kid. He's actually from Missouri, which is hilarious because, I mean, imagine a naturalized hockey player from Missouri. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, Lowry and lately the Jets have been playing really well of late. Lowry's been a big part of that. His face-off works fantastic, and he actually scored the lone goal against the Bruins today too. So, uh, What an actual legend. And, of course, if you haven't picked him up now and you're thinking of picking up a center, look no further than Travis Zajac of the New Jersey Devils. Three helpers, bunch of shots on goal, all the face-off wins for days. Zajac watches back. Pick him up if you need someone in your center. He will help you out. Uh, here's one I really like on the left wing, Pat Maroon. Now, I drafted Luch this year in fantasy because he was riding McDavid's wing. The logic being that when Maroon was on McDavid's wing last year, he was fantastic. He didn't just fill the enforcer role, he was scoring as well. Um, Luch has not lived up to his contract. He has played really poorly the last couple of weeks. He's been dropped down to the third line. He's not scoring, he's not fighting, and he's barely hitting. Uh, Maroon's been popped back on that top line with McDavid and he's making the most of it. He's been scoring a bunch of goals, assists, hits. Um, and McDavid has been a little quieter than expected this last seven or seven or eight days. But he's got his mojo back today with a Hattie, his first ever Hattie. Congratulations. And Maroon is going to continue to benefit from Connor McDavid's good mojo. So you should get on him. Yeah, picking up line mates is always good. So two, men, two D-men to look out for. Michael Stone. Um, he's back off the injured list, and obviously Jacob Truba, now that he has signed his contract, he's back for the peg, and he's looking at picking up all of your D stats. The peg, um, especially block shots. If you need block shots, Truba is your man. man. Correct. Um, Andrew Ladd finally found the back of the net for the Islanders, so we're hopeful that the floodgates may about to open for this dude, although, man, the Islanders just look fucking terrible, so maybe not. <laughs> but maybe, maybe our good vibes at picking up Andrew Ladd. Maybe, and he has a glorious beard, so pick him up just for that. Yeah, I would. Yeah, man. Uh, Brandon Carlo, the young Bruins D-man, still available in 88% of elite. What are you guys doing? Like, Boston's won four of their last five games, and a huge part of that is the defense has finally got its shit going. Carlo's a huge part of that. Don't be a dickhead. Go and pick him up. Yeah, and the final one is Zach Smith of Ottawa. He is probably the only decent player in Ottawa this year, and he will support your sub stats. Pick him up now, 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 now. Pick him up. You know what I just noticed? You've got a real bee in your bonnet about Ottawa because they're playing surprisingly well. A number of players are playing surprisingly well for them, and yet any time you get a chance to have a little dig at Ottawa, you take it. You said, what did you say? He's the only player playing well. Have you Clearly noticed not. that I really Clearly dislike the Ottawa playing. Senators? You just don't like them, do you? Nah. <laughs> it's taking you two years to figure it out. But why have you got beef with Ottawa? Like, they haven't hurt anybody. They don't do anything. Yeah, they're the most non-threatening team to have beef with, hey? It's kind of like a schoolboy thing. I kind of feel like you're targeting the, the dude that's not going to defend himself. Yeah, no, it's more like parking in a disabled park. Like, you know you shouldn't do it, but sometimes... You are just fucking horrible. Just so you check the <laughs> listeners, I, Cameron, do not advocate parking in disabled parking. Do not do so. It is John who thinks that shit is funny. You're a bad man. Yeah, I'm a terrible human being. You know that. You're Larry David in season seven of Curb Your Enthusiasm, where he exclusively dates women in wheelchairs so he can get the paralyzed parking spaces out the front of restaurants. Also, excellent curb throwback. Oh, fantastic curb throwback. <laughs> Great TV show. 
horrible person. If you're becoming the real life version of that, I'm going to slap the shit out of you. Oh, I can only hope. I do. I do deserve a good slapping, and more importantly, I like being slapped. Um, so we're in the final segment of the of the of the week. The the awards are on the home straight cam. So let's kick yep. off with. The Jumbo Joe Legend Jumbo of the Week. Joe Jumbo Legend of the Week. Yes. And this week it goes to none only than your boy, Team Panarin of the Blackhawks, which is unfortunate. We hate giving it to the Blackhawks, but Panarin has been playing his fucking legs off this year. And the Breadman picked up a Gordie Howe hat trick last week. He did. Look, it was a testy game against the St. Louis Blues. He assisted on Hosts' goal earlier in the game. He uh, punched on with Scotty Upshaw, which was very weird. <laughs> and then he notched the game with the goal, and he did all of this while weighing in at a whopping 170 pounds. So, look, absolute madness, um, and it almost makes up for the fact that last year he stood around and did nothing after Matt Dunbar trucked Patrick Kane. So, almost makes up for the fact that you let somebody railroad your best player and did nothing about it. Almost. Mm. I, well, I will say, though, wasn't that game-winning goal in overtime as well? Yeah, look, it was a pretty special Gordie Howe hat-trick, so good on him. Um, but still. The whole thing just really weird. Like, seeing somebody that small fighting and doing a half-competent... Like, I think Scotty Upshaw was just kind of like, wait, what, is this actually happening? This is so weird. Yeah, I mean, I've got pretty I've got pretty bad hay fever right now. I could probably sneeze through him at 170 pounds. Yeah, like a stiff breeze would blow him over. It was very strange. Yeah, totally weird. Anyway, off to the, boy, the uh, Johnny Boychuck Boone Cruncher of the Week. Oh, I absolutely love this. So Michael Ferland, for those who don't know, very rough and humble player for the Calgary Flames. Um, he hit Tyler Sagan so hard during a Calgary-Dallas tilt. Like, it wasn't high, it wasn't dirty, it was just a clean shoulder-to-shoulder hit, and it rocked him. And if you get a chance, watch the playback, because you can see the boards just, like, just buckle yeah. under the sheer force <laughs> of that hit and ripple like a wave along the beach. It was absolutely beautiful. I agree, Cam. What a great hit. And I will say kudos to Anton Roussel for getting in there and fighting Ferland afterwards to, you know, defend his boy Tyler. And I did like seeing Tyler make a point of go over to the box and saying, hey, man, thanks for sticking up for me. But um, absolute banger. And I tell you what, Ferland's got another one up his sleeve because he absolutely poleaxed Oliver Ekman Larson this week again. Another clean, heavy hit. No need to get your knickers in a twist fight. It was well within the rules of the game, like... If you're a young player trying to learn how to hit or you're looking to learn how to hit or if you're the Department of Player Safety and you're trying to show people video of clean hits so people stop being dickheads, Michael Kelly, just show him on a reel. Hey, do you think people are getting more easily upset these days when someone drops a decent hit? I just think the lack of fighting in general, anytime someone truly drops the boom on a player, it doesn't matter if it's clean or not, people are going to fight. Yeah. Make a good point, Cam. And finally, the dog act of the week goes to Matt Martin for jumping on a rookie and generally carrying on like an A-class fuckwit. Yes, he's a top. He's a tough, you tough, tough, tough dude. Because I could have sworn I wrote pork chop. You did write pork chop, but I, cha- I, I, I thought I'd change it. Um, there's a t- he's a tough dude. We get it. Um, he's definitely got the bigger case of oh, I love this of the Terry tough guy um, than warranted. <laughs> <laughs> I know. We're, I mean, I'm pretty confident he's one of the toughest dudes out there. Are you also confident he's one of the toughest dudes out there? Yeah, like I'm. I'm I mean, I get it, right? Martin's toughness at all. No, but we totally get it. Pretty to be tough to an actual tough dude, and he didn't. <laughs> yeah, it's like you had the opportunity to take one of the tough guys, and 
you took the rookie and now someone's going to beat your face next time they play and we're going to loll about it because we're all going to watch that game. Oh, look, I think Gerd Branson or Dorset, maybe even both of them are going to go real hard at you in the next game. And dare I say, right, if it's one, like everyone knows these fights are coming, right? So the refs are going to be looking to get all over it very quickly. If they get in there and it's in a quick tilt the first time, you can expect Martin to fight a bunch of times in this game. It'll be like that game where Evander Kane and Petrovic fought three times. Ah, uh, yeah. Actually, you know what? I feel like this is... Def- we should organize a viewing of this game. Or maybe we should... Maybe we should, like, turn the sound down and just commentate it. That'd be even better. You want to do it? Do you want to commentate the fights in this game? Like, we'll mute it, and then we'll commentate it, and we'll, re- we'll repost the footage to our website, and we'll give it super Australian commentary. I think that if anyone can do it, Cam, we can definitely do that. Especially but, especially after this write-up. Especially after we've been giving it all of the berries. I feel like it's a little a little bit unfair of us not to. I, I, I think we can definitely peg it. Like, let's say Dorset comes out and fights him, and it's like, it's a solid fight, and there's no real winner. I think he'll leave the box, and Dorset will fight him again. And I think if <laughs> Dorset doesn't give him an absolute tune-up, then Good Branson will fight him, or vice versa, like... It'll be one of those things where Matt Martin's going to have to fight more than once and it's not going to be over until somebody kicks his ass. Hey, you know what would be really funny, though? If uh, old Martin is scratched for the game. <laughs> that would be such a Babcock thing to do. He doesn't <laughs> yeah. want to... nah, you know, I knew you'd to. say that, too. <laughs> no, nah, he can't afford to, though, because here's the thing. If he scratched Matt Martin right and you've got a Canucks team looking for blood and you've got... Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews and those kids out there and William Nylander and you don't have someone like yeah, that. Yeah, where's these tough guys? Someone <laughs> take Matthews. Let, let, let's say, let's say Eric Branson says, right, Matt Martin's not here and blows Austin Matthews up, knocks him out for a month. Yeah, that's, true. That's, it's, that's, it's too big of a risk, off. right? You can't scratch him. Nah, he's way too big of a risk. Although, it is kind of the move that Babcock would make just to make sure that there wasn't, because he's not, he's not big on the line brawls. He's not big on the uh, on, on the big hitting so I don't know I think it'd be funny it'd be so bad cocky if he did but I just can't see it happening oh yeah especially with these young dudes it's too it's too much it's too hard too, too much anyway tell you what else was too much 20 past 10 on a Sunday night time for an outro oh wow wow dude we've been we've had well over an hour running time so hopefully you've enjoyed it so do not forget to I hit us you enjoy. I had a great time. For those of you listening along at home or wherever you might find yourself at this time, thanks for hitting us up. Thanks for listening to us yet again. Be sure to hit us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. They all carry the at Holy Puck podcast handle. We also have somewhat of a website that someone built. That would be me. That's holypuckpodcast.com. Humble brag. Um, that's where you can find all of our podcasts, Cam's excellent op-ed pieces, uh, a couple of fantasy things. Um, so, yeah. Make sure you hit us up on iTunes. If Stitcher or SoundCloud are your jam, hit them up. We're on Podcast Attic. We're also on Pocket Cast. Soon to be on YouTube. Um, that's where you can go down our bandwagon. So make sure you do uh, because I feel like we deserve it, Cam. Well, I want to say one other thing too. iTunes reviews, get on it because we need more of them because they don't publish your reviews until you've had a certain amount. So the more reviews you guys chuck us on iTunes, the further we'll climb up those rankings and then we'll be rich and unstoppable and we'll record podcasts every day and it'll be fantastic. It will. And it'll stop us from posting fake ones, which would be even better. Although I reckon we could do a good job with fake 
uh, fake iTunes reviews like, oh, hey, guys, long-time listener, first-time reviewer, uh, best podcast I've ever heard. Yeah, great. Here, take, all <laughs> take all the five stars, comma, definitely not on the show. Well, <laughs> five-star review, I want to give him a six. Yeah. <laughs> My God. Excellent white guy voice, by the way. Wow, that's, that's what I was going for. <laughs> great work. Anyway, so this has been episode 34. Uh, we're out. We are. Peace.